Good morning, everyone. How are you? Well, the moment has arrived. <laughs> oh, Tom asked me to speak today. He's been doing a series on history makers. And today is about Hannah. And he said, you kind of remind me of Hannah. And I thought, okay. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. But the more I studied Hannah, the more I read about her and her family and things that she was suffering in and how she responded to that, I thought, yeah, there are some things about Hannah that I can relate to and I think everybody can relate to. The key with Hannah is we're going to find out what did she do with her stress, her distress, and her despair, okay? So I'm just going to set the stage real quick for you briefly. On the national stage, Israel, her her nation, was struggling with neighboring Philistines, people like that, gods coming in, gods and goddesses, Baal and Ashtoreth, Ashtoreth all right? These were not gods that our Heavenly Father was happy about. So nationally, the Israelites were struggling. On um, a church level in the tabernacle there, it wasn't a temple yet, but the tabernacle, Eli, the leader and priest, you know, he was getting older, and he had two sons that were just really naughty. <laughs> I mean, they were disobeying God, disrespecting him. The scripture says that Eli heard how they were lying with the women who served at the entrance of the tabernacle. Is that your idea of a good priest, everybody? No. So this is what's going on. It's a lot of stress on a national level and also in the church. And then this temple really needed cleaning and some change. Um, I, I'll go back up to that national stage. I like what I, I was, my thought was on that. Uh, Samuel is going to be the last judge moving into a king. We're going to have Saul, David. We're going to have a king now that are going to lead Israel. And Hannah lived during this transition. Her prayer helped to usher this in. So it's pretty, she really is pivotal in the history of Israel. And so think about that in your own life. You could be somebody just like Hannah. It's amazing. All right. The cultural stage was it was a patriarchal society. And uh, husbands really had all the say the final say, uh, women were really valued for their ability to produce women, you know, and so that's where Hannah's struggle comes in. She cannot have children at this time yet. That's another word I want you to remember. She can't have them yet, but it's coming. Her promise is coming. And then in her family, the stress she's going through, you know, she's got this other wife, uh, Panenna, who is constantly taunting her, and her husband who means well, but says some really things to her core that are very hurtful and, and cause her more sorrow, but he's meaning well. So these are the stresses kind of setting the stage for you, the world Hannah lived in. So Hannah, I love this, her name means favor and grace. How beautiful is that? She found favor in God, and she handled everything with grace. And that is the, her name. My name is Joy. I don't always exemplify joy. <laughs> Sometimes I exemplify stress. Like this morning, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? But God has a plan, right? 
He even names us according to what he wants us to be. And I thought that was just beautiful. So Hannah, this was a message that was interesting. Dennis, as we were praying today, said, Joy, you are not alone. Uh, Tom, God will never forsake you, right? That is one of my points today under an underlined uh, message there. Hannah was not alone. Now, she felt alone. Her culture's coming at her. Her country is not doing the right thing. The temple is a mess. Her family is coming against her. Even her husband who means well. And I'm just going to do an aside here. Husbands, you need to listen to your wives and not try to fix them. Right? <laughs> How many of you tried to fix stuff your husband, your wives say to you, Right? Wives just want us to uh, want you to listen. He meant well, but I mean, come on! Like, <laughs> I was like, really? Why are you crying, Hannah? Why are you upset, Hannah? And this other woman's like laughing at Hannah, making fun of her. He's seeing all this. If he wasn't, he's oblivious in his own home. <laughs> but either way, why are you so upset? Aren't I better better than ten sons? Oh, my gosh. What kind of thing is that to say to his wife who can't have one? He met well. He loved her. He gave her a double portion of meat, right? But he just didn't know what to do for her. So he's trying to fix it for her. In all of this, Hannah remained silent. The last thing she was up against was the priest when she finally goes to pray. He thinks she's drunk. Get out of here. Quit drinking your wine, right? So even the priest doesn't get her and doesn't understand what's on her heart. She is feeling alone. But there is another underlying word there in your, in your program that you have. God was what, everybody? There. Where was God? There with her. And I would like us all to read this scripture together. I loved this. Second Chronicles. 16.9, okay? And it should be up on the screen. Yes. So let's read it together. For the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What a great verse. You're going to find out Hannah was fully committed to God. Are you fully committed? God is searching for those who are fully committed to him. And again, let's read this, uh, Matthew 19, 26. For with God, what? All things are possible. Are some things possible? Are partial things possible? All things are possible for those who are called according to his purpose. So amen for that. Hannah knew that. She understood that. She stayed in that quietly in her calm. Hannah's heart uh, responded rather than reacted. Response takes thought. It's not in, in the emotional moment. Reaction is always immediate in the moment. You, I'm angry. You make me mad. Those kind of things. That's, that's the reaction. How many of you react rather than respond? Right? We don't think about what we're doing. We're just angry in the moment. She responded. How did she respond? Well, that goes to the next point. She remained silent. Rather than blame, she could have blamed Elkanah. She could have blamed uh, Penena for causing all her stress, right? 
She could have blamed Eli for thinking she was drunk. She could have finally blamed who? God, right? How many of us, when we're all stressed out or you've heard people say, it's all God's fault. I have a nephew right now. We've lost a, lost a, a dear, his brother, many years ago, and he still blames God. That's 20-plus years ago. Blaming God for bad things that happened to us. And she didn't do that. She waited patiently. She did something, though. She remained silent, and she rose up and went to pray. She prayed to the rock, the salvation, the source, our Heavenly Father. I loved that. On Wednesday night, Dan Brazier was saying, you know, how many of us unplug from the source and plug into our source, right? So she went to pray to the source, the one who knew she knew would answer her questions and, and bless her, all right? She was respectful rather than rude. Oh, when we're on the road and we've got that rage going on, right? Are we rude to people out there that don't really... She's got all this coming at her. How are we responding? How are we coping? She was very respectful. She knew, I'm just going to stay quiet because there was nothing good she could say back to that. And she didn't know she was in prayer with the Lord. She didn't know answers. Hannah's request is granted. Amen. Eli saw her distress, and he gave her a blessing. What did he give her, everybody? A blessing. Now, he didn't give her a specific blessing. He just said, go, and your wish will be granted. I thought this was interesting that I was at a worship service uh, conference about four months ago. Carmen was there and some of our worship team. And one of the ladies that was um, presenting, she went around giving a word to everybody at the worship conference. And my word for me, I'm still kind of ruminating on this. My word was, you will have what you want. God will give you what you want. Wow, what a blessing. After all that I've been through, God is giving me a blessing, and he gave it through this lady's word. It's pretty amazing. All right. This was a beautiful thing she said back to him. Let your maidservant which that's a a form of respect. She recognized Eli and his position, and she said, maidservant. Even in that moment, she said, find grace and favor in your sight, which is the meaning of her name. So I thought, well, that's kind of cool. That was her response to him. May I find grace and favor in your sight. Please listen to me. I'm not drunk. I'm not crazy. I have a real deep despair on my heart, and I'm coming, speaking. My lips are moving. It's on my heart. It's deep down to my core. This is a, something I, I'm, I think about it all day. I dwell on it. How many of you have something that you've got in your life that you focus on, and how are you do, what are you doing with it? Hannah took it to the Lord. In fervent prayer. There's a, uh, an old gospel, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, and it says, take it to the Lord in prayer, whatever it is, right? We take it to God in prayer. Amen. 
This was really cool. Her countenance changed in verse 18. This is the same Hebrew word as in Job 9.27. So I would like us to remember to say this together, if I will forget. So let's do this, read this together. If I will forget my complaint, I will change my expression and smile. You know, you've seen people that are all stressed out. Their, their face is really down. They've got this furrowed brow. You know, her whole countenance changed when Eli gave her that blessing. Very cool. That means her whole body changed. She didn't carry all that distress and despair in her body anymore. She changed her countenance. It became apparent. She knew his blessing was real and for her. And she said, I'm going to get up. I think my, my prayer time is done. I'm going to go home. Things are going to change in my life. Amen? Yes, the Lord remembered her prayer. It's so beautiful. I thought this was an important point, too. Elkanah confirms her vow. Now, in Numbers 30, I'm not, we're not going to go there. I'm just going to read you just the little verse 10. Um, the husband needed to confirm her vow. This was important in their culture and in their tradition. What, if Verse 10 in, in Numbers 30, if she vowed in her house or bound herself by a pledge with an oath, and her husband heard it but said nothing to disapprove of the making of the vow, then all her vows shall stand. So it was important. I thought, why is that in there in that scripture? Why is that in that section? He confirmed her vow to her. It was important he do that because he heard what she said. I'm making a vow before you, before the priest. I'm making a vow if I am granted a child. And she prayed for a son that he would work forever. She'd give him back forever. No razor shall touch his head, and he will serve in the house of the Lord for all his days. This is her vow. So Elkanah recognized that, and Elkanah finally got her. He saw the bigger picture. He saw what God was doing through his wife. No more fix-it man, right? So he remained in now his quiet and at peace, saying, I confirm your vow. And so she did not go up the next year. Why didn't she go up, anybody? Why didn't she go up to pray? Did she have a new what? A new baby. Yes. She had a new baby. God gave her the blessing. Blessing. Her husband confirmed her vow. God gave her the desires of her heart. The thing about this, and we're going to do this in summary, but I want to just touch on it again. God has his timing. You know, Eli, she came year after year, but he never saw her, or it's not written that he did, but the year that he gave her the blessing, he noticed her, and then he said, you know, you're crazy, understood what was going on, and gave her a blessing. God knew the future for Hannah, and she just kept going back every year, even though under all that stress, she didn't give up. She stayed patient in her quiet spirit. 
How wonderful is that? To know that the God of who you serve is going to give you what you want and the desires of your heart. In her song, it's a beautiful song. It's she now opens her mouth and speaks in thanksgiving, in praise, and celebration. I love it. I'm just going to read it to you. Some of her, her um, I don't have it on, on the screen up there, but I wanted to read it to you. My heart rejoices and triumphs in the Lord. My spirit is lifted up in the Lord. My mouth has opened wide. Now she's talking to speak boldly. She's talking loudly in strength, right? Boldly we come before the Lord. She speaks boldly against her enemies. She had many. Because I rejoice in your salvation, there is no one besides you. There's no rock like our God. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth. She never allowed that. Others had that happen, but she did not. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. God knew. He's the God of knowledge. By him all these actions are weighed. And wicked ones are what, everybody? Silenced. Wicked ones are silenced. Now who's silent? Right? In God's timing, walking with him, Never giving up. In God's timing, the wicked ones will be silenced in that timing. She's now speaking boldly. How beautiful is that? And this last phrase, I loved it. It's from her um, song. And he will give strength to his king and would exalt the strength of his anointed. So his king, the first king, is Saul. Saul blew it, right? Who's the second king, everybody? David. David, who anoints David and Saul? Samuel, her son. So through Hannah's beautiful patience and faithfulness came this amazing judge and anointing on these kings that are coming through her. It was so beautiful. It's also said, and he will give strength to his king, that that could be also Jesus Christ who is coming again. The first time he came, did he come as a king? No. But the next, the second coming of Christ, he will come as king of kings and lord of lords, right? So some say even her prayer long ago looked to the final future. The king of kings and lord of lords is coming. So amazing. Just in summary, go to what, everybody? The source, our Heavenly Father for answers. I love this picture. My mother used to have this picture up at her house. Never, ever give up. (laughs) Never give up. I think Winston Churchill said that, right? During World War II, don't give up. Never, ever give up. You think it's hopeless? It's not. God has a perfect plan. She went from barren to fruitfulness. He heard her cry. He gave her the desires of her heart. So not only was the purpose and plan of God to change Israel, we're transitioning now from judges to kings. This is all part of God's plan. We're going to have a temple with Solomon coming. This is all changing in this history. God had a plan, and he did it through, through uh, Hannah. But she had three more sons and two daughters. So she gave Samuel 
to God, and God granted her her wish. I want to just ask every mother here, could you give your firstborn up and take him to God? Could you do that? Eli's old. His sons are a mess. She knows all that. She's taking him into that temple anyway. I went, oh, that's, a, that's hard, <laughs> right? That mother trusted God. No, I'm keeping my vow. I said I would give him back to you. And she did it. Her husband understood it. And we are all blessed because of what she did. The transition of power for Israel from judges to king, from an ordinary woman came a special child who changed history. Let's all read this together. Psalm 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. There's that word again. Some afflictions, partial, maybe I'll do it sometimes. No. When does he do that? It always, right? He will remember you. God is good, right? We go through a lot. Hannah went through a lot. She held on. She did not give up. Don't give up if you're in the middle of something. And what I wanted to do just at the end of our service right now is if you could get up and just come and stand around me. Um, get up from your seat, and we just all come and pray together. I have two last questions. My last two questions was, how are you fully committed to God? You know, God seeks those who are fully committed to God. What are you willing to give back in order to be strengthened and blessed? Something you're holding on to, you don't want to let go of. But God has said, let that thing go. I'll bless you. I'll strengthen you if you do that for me. Because God has such amazing things in store for us, and we just don't let him do them in our lives. We try to do things our own way, and it just doesn't work. But he loves us. That's the bottom line. God loves us. He's our friend. So I just want you today to kind of just put your hand over your heart God will give you the desires of your heart. What are they? He'll give you what you want. Lift those up to him right now. Is there something you're holding on to? Pride. Mine was fear, but also pride for not allowing God to work in my life earlier. But God does have his timing. He can work it all for good to him who loves the Lord. Give that to him today. He just wants to love you and you to love him back. Amen.